Welcome to the Homeschooling Families Podcast. I'm Leslie Nunnery, and I am so glad you're here. Today's conversation is all about taking the time to develop strong communication skills within our children and how that will impact them for the rest of their lives. We'll be covering a lot of ground today as I chat with Chris Cordell of The Right Journey. So stay tuned. Chris, welcome to the Teach Them Diligently podcast. Won't you tell everybody just a little bit about yourself so that we get to know you before we dive into our conversation? Absolutely. And thank you so much for this time that we have together. So I have four children and we enjoyed the privilege of being able to homeschool our children. They are now ages 26 through 36. I have three daughters and one son. And through that journey, I found that I became very passionate about communication. It really began with teaching my children and other students about writing and developing some practical, very practical steps and strategies for learning how to write. And I came to realize that writing is simply one side of a two-sided coin. The other side of that is verbal communication. So not only do we offer some writing instruction, but I am very passionate about verbal instruction. And I believe that communication really begins with healthy and good quality verbal instruction first. So that's just a little bit of my background and how I kind of got started with my business. Well, that is that is amazing. Yeah. As you were talking, I was thinking, you know, my children are older as well. And it's been amazing to see how effectively they can communicate. And I really wondered, I kind of posed this as a question to you, but because of the way that they grew up, because of the situations they found themselves in, having to talk to people of all ages, given opportunities to be in, in, in situations where they were serving or they were helping or they were doing all of these things where communication was necessary, which so many homeschool families are able to provide for their children, I feel like that was actually really, really helpful for their verbal communication skills in ways that as we were going through it, I would have never even thought of. Absolutely. And and again, not only are our children, when we, when we are able to homeschool our children, not only are they exposed to, of course, their family and their siblings, parents and grandparents, but beyond that into their local community, their friendships, their churches, their extracurricular activities. So they are engaging in verbal communication in in such a, a wide range of, of audiences. But the thing that I love about that is you have probably also found that your children have maybe done a little bit better, perhaps struggled a little bit less when it comes to written communication. Uh-huh. Because you have that very strong verbal communication going on in your home and your students, your children are allowed to express their ideas and their thoughts and their opinions in a safe environment. And that is just the foundation for really overall great communication. Well, and what's so interesting to me, and kind of again, just looking back in my rearview mirror and putting all of this stuff together, everything that we did, like, you know, most of discipleship, most of mentoring, most of the, the parenting that we've done was just so natural. We were able to pass on skills to them that we weren't, you know, sitting around the table necessarily and saying, okay, we're going to practice excellent verbal communication right now. But just in natural 
ways as we went about our day, as we engaged with other people, they were able to gain those skills. And I'm so thankful for the way that God created families to function for actually supporting stuff like that. Absolutely. And and this is one of the areas that I, I feel like I may have had a, a little bit of a an easier time than some of our families do even, you know, like I said, my children are 26 to 36. So we did not have as much competition with the screen. Right. With technology, with things of that nature that really rob our families of that rich relationship and the the rich communication that ought to be taking place in our families. And so I do feel for families with younger children and from little littles, even to teens, that there needs to be such an intentional decision upon the part of parents to really be aware and limit that time so that so that we are sitting together for meals, so that when we are in the car, you know, we tune off tune out the screens and we shut things down and we just talk with each other when we're on our way to our activities and and back home and so that if if we do if we do happen to watch a movie maybe we talk about it together but just really i i feel for these young families yeah. that have so much competition and i'm grateful that i didn't have that level of competition in fact we lived in a small home sometimes i look at the size of homes that people live in and they're wonderful, huge homes. But I think, gosh, I'm really kind of grateful that we were all together in the same place. Yep. And and there was a lot of conversation happening. Yeah. And no hiding, no, no going off in other places. Yeah, that is that is something that actually people even comment today with my now grown children, because in our home, even though technology was kind of up and coming as my kids were were getting into middle school, high school and so on. We had, you know, a lot of rules about that technology, phones in the middle if we were at the table, no phones in your bedroom, all of these different things. And so when when our kids are out and about engaging with other people, sitting at dinner, they just by habit don't have their phones out. And that is something that we are able to model which modeling is really important, and teach our children that the importance of of being present with the people that are actually with you, rather than always being engaged with those who aren't. Absolutely. And sadly, the reality is, we hear those testimonies, we hear those stories about children crying out for the adults in their lives to just just put the screens yeah. down and you know close the phones turn it off whether it's computer and i think that if if i'm being honest that would be one area while i'm grateful that we had plenty of opportunity for great communication and the children our children benefited from that if there's an area that i look at in our family life it was that that concept of listening yeah. and listening well which is a very important part of communication and I can see that many different ways that that listening can be interfered with, uh-huh. but it's an area that we need to be very intentional. And it's an area that we as parents, again, yes, begin by modeling how to put our work down, you know, put the screen down, turn off whatever we need to turn off and 
look, have some eye contact with our children, even with each other as spouses, right. and and really focus on listening. And listening, active listening, means that we we ask clarifying questions. We repeat back what we think they're trying to to tell us, so that we understand them. And that is an important part of communication. And and again, that is an important part of communication that translates from the verbal realm to the written realm, that we tend to be a culture that is listening to respond and not understand. That is a a saying that most of us are probably familiar with. And I certainly can look back on the years that we were raising our children and think, boy, we we could have done a better job of modeling and then, then teaching our children, this is how we listen well you know, watch and now it's your turn. Listen to your sibling. Ask them questions. Do you understand what they're saying? Repeat back. And and I just feel that in in culture, this is something that is very broken. Yeah. And it is it is not being done well at all. And we have the privilege, the opportunity, the responsibility within our homes to to really model that and teach that. Oh, absolutely. I, I couldn't agree more. And you've you've gone through several things already that would, you know, kind of give us some insight into how that you in your home fostered healthy communication. You talked about sitting together at a meal, chatting in the car and, and that sort of thing. But what were some other ways that may be really practical for the families who are listening in that you guys were able to truly foster that healthy communication in your family, and then kind of, I guess, coupled on that, how did you see that overflow into a confidence in your children to have healthy communication with others that are outside of your Right. Yes. So there, like I said, we, you know, starts by we just lived in a smaller home. So we were in close quarters. We were together often. I do happen to be a highly relational individual so I'm just one of those that really wants to engage and I want to, I I want to know what my children are thinking and what they are doing and I really want to know why. <laughs> so I'm sure each of my children could say yes mother drove us crazy with her why <laughs> questions. At the same time I know that each of them can see benefits at this point. So right. Our children I made sure that our children always had free time. Their, their days were not, the hours in every day were not numbered with an activity. Yep. Our children always had free time. We focused on the basics when it came to academics and made sure that we gave them solid reading, writing, and arithmetic. And we wove in some of those other subjects as we could, but our children always had free time every day and they would be outside playing or they would be, you know, inside on the rainy day, but they would be playing together as siblings. And that's communication. That's connection. Or they would, they would even maybe be playing on their own. Our youngest in particular, who is a, a true creative, she lived in a very imaginary world, but she was communicating and she was imagining her playtime with her little imaginary friends in her little imaginary world. So there was a lot of free time that engaged our children with each other. Yeah. And really communication is about relationship. And I, I've even had, Many parents who will come to me and say, my children love to read books, but they really struggle with writing. And I ask them, when your child has free time, does your child grab a book and go to a quiet place alone? Or does your child 
go engage and interact with somebody. And most often the child that struggles with writing is the child that grabs a book and goes to a quiet place. I am a great fan of books and, and books work wonders for many different educational opportunities and learning opportunities. But if a child is sitting quietly and playing quietly and doing quiet things alone most of the time, they're not engaging. They're not exploring their own ideas and expressing those and doing so well. They're not learning to listen to other people. So I say, yes, read those great books, but then make sure your children are talking about those books. Make sure you're asking them questions and they're processing what they're reading. So we just we just did a lot of talking and I, as a parent, asked a lot of questions I'm sure I did too much lecturing. <laughs> and at, at some point, I kind of, one of my older teens at the point said, Mom, you know, I didn't ask you to tell me, you know, what you thought I should do. <laughs> I just asked thought of the situation. So being careful about lecturing, really, really wanting to listen to the heart of your children and hear their ideas and validate their ideas were some things that that I was able to do and that we were able to do. And sometimes it meant I'm not going to your game. My son is a as an athlete. I can't make it to your game. But when you get home for dinner, I want you to tell me all about your game. Yeah. Give me the highlights. I can't be there, but I want to know. I want to hear. So tell me. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and as you were talking about, I never thought about the child that runs off, sneaks away with a book, hides away in a corner, devours that content, but never actually then turns around and communicates about it. That was a fascinating point. And I can totally see it now, but I just, I've never actually considered that. And as you were talking, I was wondering, so then how does that factor into, you know, so many of us read aloud. I know in our family, read aloud time would expand, oh, so, so long because we would then just chat and dissect and talk about what we think the characters look like and all of these different things. So it extended the reading time so much. How does that factor in to helping our children become good communicators? Excellent question. There's, of course, quite a difference between read aloud and silent reading on our own. So children who love to read, they're reading on their own. And they're, like I said, there can be great benefit to that. But when there is a read aloud experience, even for even the middle ground, which might be when you're in the car on a long trip, you have a read aloud book and you may not be talking about that book. But when children can hear the the narrator reading, they are hearing vocabulary words yes. spoken properly and understanding the meaning based on context they are hearing proper grammar. They are hearing excellent sentence structure. So they are hearing communication. They are hearing it and engaging their senses on a different level. So not only are they seeing the book and the words and racing through those and maybe skipping over the new words because they just want to find out what happens <laughs> at the end of the book, um, but they're actually hearing the book read slowly, words pronounced correctly, excellent sentence structure and really engaging with the characters as it's being read. So that's kind of a middle layer. But then you add the layer of now we're going to talk about it 
and maybe even like I will do with my classes. Now you're going to write about it. Then what you're doing is so many different skills that are being built with that. Not only the communication, but really what you're doing is you're developing critical thinking. You're helping Mm -hmm. your children to develop critical thinking because it's what do you think about that? And why do you think that? And wow, you imagined something very different than I did. So let's share our ideas and tell me why you thought that was a wise choice or why it was not a wise choice. And which character do you, you know, the myriad of questions that surround the reading of a book, but children get to explore their own ideas. And even more importantly, they get to articulate those ideas in a safe environment in accurate words that accurately express, or maybe they don't, and somebody needs to use some good listening skills to ask some clarifying questions and and repeat back. But this is the stuff of great communication. And when you take that book and you, you read it together and then you begin to explore it together, children are doing far more than enjoying a book. They are developing critical thinking skills, and they're learning how to communicate their thoughts accurately to another person. It's an excellent opportunity. That is, we just don't realize the depth of what we are doing as we are home educating our children, as we're sitting there reading with them, as we are talking to them and sharing our lives and our days with them, the the opportunities that God gives us to prepare them for what what awaits them in the days ahead is so beyond what we can imagine. And it's just amazing. God's plan for families is absolutely amazing. So I, I appreciate your sharing all that. I, I am just, I'm so excited to hear you talk about it. So thank you. Thank you for that. Wanted to kind of shift a little bit though. We've talked about healthy communication and great ways to foster that and and ways to prepare our children and all of these things. But a lot of families, a lot of all of us deal from time to time with unhealthy communication. So how do you how do you recognize that? And and what should your response be when you see it? How can you kind of redirect and correct that? Well that's a loaded question. Uh-huh. And You're welcome. Not sure how prepared I am to answer that, but Absolutely. Absolutely. Again, with children, the ages that we are at and uh, that our children are at, we even within our very own family where we love each other so deeply, we, we have we have conflict in our communication. We misunderstand each other right. at times. We we lose our temper. And sometimes that's because we see, feel so loved and so safe. We're just going to just out let with down it. all the guards. Yeah. We're going to let down all the guards and we're just going to be real and authentic. <laughs> and then there's some hurt and then there's some pain. And then personalities are going to respond differently with communication. So, you know, as a parent with four children, and I tell people I have a north, south, east, and west. And if you have many children, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Our children say, yeah, we're not cookie cutters, mom. You didn't create cookie cutter <laughs> children. So, so that, and I love that. That's wonderful. But, but children are going to respond in some ways differently based on their personalities. So this is what we get to do as parents, but beyond the parenting role, just into 
mentoring and ministry and business and life in general, you know, we're, we're really looking at the whole person when we're communicating. And we are, again, we are learning how to listen well and to listen to understand and not bring up our defenses too quickly that, you know, the scriptures talk about Jesus coming in the fullness of truth and grace. And so I find that that is an area with communication that I'm always, you know, just praying to the Holy Spirit to give me wisdom. Where is a word of truth needed? Where is the grace needed? Or when I speak the truth, is the tone of grace coming across at the same time? And, you know, we just, we just realize that words can be so hurtful and so offensive. And we need to be cautious about being offensive. We need to be cautious about allowing ourselves to be offended. And then we need to, this is another area that my husband and I kind of realized later and wished we would have realized earlier about the scriptures really showing us that life and death are in the power of the tongue. And what we speak over people has power. And we have the power to build up and and speak life into people, or we have the power to bring them down, to discourage them, to hurt them, to actually bring a degree of death. And that is a powerful concept. And as parents, you know, raising our children that we love more than anything else, it's it's a sobering concept to think about how do I correct and do it in such a way that I am bringing life. Right. Or how do I, you know, I, I was impatient. It's been a hard day. I, whatever the reasons are that we're real humans. And, and I actually spoke words that really harmed this child, really brought shame to this child or really caused some fear. And, and I need to go and I do need to repent and I need to have an honest conversation and turn that into an opportunity to speak life. Because when it comes to communication, people, not just children, will communicate well when they feel safe. Right. And this is what we are all about in our program with our classes that we offer online. We are all about creating safe places, which again, is that is lacking in our culture right. and lacking in this world. So how do we create a safe place to hear you, to hear your heart, and to somehow speak life into you. Well, and actually, it's so funny that you would bring that up because I was just thinking, actually wrote down to make sure that I asked you, was how does our teaching communication skills, making sure that we're listening, that we're engaging really at a heart level. We are, we're having these conversations, trying to figure out what makes them tick. Why do they react in the way that they do? Not just dealing with surface things, but actually making the effort to get down to the root or the heart of the matter. How does taking that time actually give our children that secure foundation on which they're able to stand, which then allows them and helps them to become better communicators? Right. You know, it's really our words and our relationship with our children more than anything else that will launch them into their independent adult living with any degree of confidence. Of, of course, 
of course, there are scriptures, there is, you know, the Lord Jesus and the Holy Spirit, but but really on a tangible level, it is the the safety of family. It is that real and honest relationship with mom and dad, which again, is not about perfection. Right. Like they you learn in the family how to deal with conflict. They learn in the family how to forgive. They learn how to ask for forgiveness. They they learn the skills. I mean, as a homeschool mom, really the focus was so much more about character building than it was about academics. And academics was really the springboard for the character building. Of yes. course, I want my children to enter their adult lives with a degree of knowledge and information that they would be able to do well with what they chose to pursue. But I've known by the grace of God, and it has been proven accurate, that it's it's really about the character. And the character comes through relationship, and you just don't have relationship without communication. And and again, it's not just it's not just sweet talking. It's real. It's raw. It's hard. It's deep. It's time consuming. It's both asserting what you believe and creating that safe place and listening to well about what's being told and what's being said. Yeah. Amen. Amen. I I still appreciate your really laying that out for us. I think that this has been an incredibly beneficial episode. I think that this this conversation has, I hope, drawn attention to a lot of things that we take for granted and we don't recognize the power of just these conversations and and all of the many things that we're giving our children through having them, through, through taking the time, through like you noted, the hard, the hard conversations, the light conversations, all of them, and just showing our children how much they matter to us that we would take that time. So Chris, I so appreciate your spending the time with us today. We're actually out of time, but I want you to tell us where we can find you and your classes so that we uh, we make sure we'll link to all of this stuff. But I want to make sure everyone can find you to connect more deeply and learn how the right journey can actually help them with teaching their children these communication skills. Absolutely. I would love to. Thank you. So yes, the name of our business is The Right Journey. Right is spelled W-R-I-T-E, not surprisingly. So you can find us at www.therightjourney.net. And you can find us at The Right Journey Community on Instagram. So yes, please come visit us. And we will be at some conventions throughout the country. We are recently have launched into being a nationwide. We were just a local, regional, on-site business. And now we offer all of our services across the nation. So please come visit us. Send us your email or a phone number if you want us to reach out to you and give you a call. That's fantastic. Which which one of our events will you be at? Will you be at Pigeon Forge and Round Rock? Pigeon Forge. Okay. Yeah, just this year, we're waiting to get to the place where we can start hitting some of these other conventions, but we will be at Pigeon Forge this year. Please come. Fantastic. Interestingly, I will not be at that one, so I will have two of my employees. I'm going to be at Israel. Oh, wow. My husband and I are going to Israel. So we're going to miss that one. I'm so sorry. Well, you know what? If you're going to miss, it might as well be to go to Israel. That is yes. that is fantastic. That's right. All right. Well, Chris, thank you so much for joining us today. It's been a pleasure. Thank you very much. You're welcome. And to everybody else, thank you for spending this time with us. I am confident that this has been a blessing and an encouragement to you. I know you've gotten some great tips and just 
really encouragements to keep on doing what you're doing. The value of those conversations of spending that time with your children cannot be overstated. So stick with it. And I look forward to talking to you again real soon. Thank you for joining me today. It's my prayer that every episode of the Homeschooling Families podcast helps to strengthen your family by giving you biblical and practical ways to raise your children and educate them well. We'd love to engage with you more, so check out teachthemdiligently.net to find out about the resources and experiences we offer Christian homeschooling families like yours all year long.